Welcome into the September 7th episode of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. I am back from vacation, ladies and gentlemen. Dave, thanks for holding down the fort for me uh, for last week, buddy. You did a terrific job. I knew you would, but, you know, give yourself a little pat on the back for pulling through uh, while I was out there soaking in all the sun and, you know, the pina coladas and I'm I'll just stop before everybody gets jealous, I suppose. But I'm back, and Labor Day has now come and gone, which means the hockey season right around the corner, Dave, and the Rasmus Sandin saga continues, my friend. And I might just have a solution. I'll tell you all about it. Uh, And also, Dave, the Leafs have some interest potentially in an unsigned UFA. We'll touch on that as well. All that more on today's edition of Locked on Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050's Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf Center podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can also now catch us up on video on YouTube. Just hit up Locked On Leafs on YouTube and Dave, the season's right around the corner, man. Like, Labor Day has come and gone where, well, training camp really starts next week. They start reporting next week, and you've got the rookie camps going on next weekend. Um, I'm, I'm excited, dude. Hockey, Hockey's coming, and it, it came fast. You know, the summer's, I guess so. It's not over, but it's winding down. It's basically over. It's now back to school time for those who have children, um, at, which means hockey's coming back in the next couple of weeks. Stoked. Uh, yeah, it would make it a little easier for us to actually talk about stuff and we're not just, you know, exactly. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're starting to getting like, it's funny. Cause like all these other podcasts are saying, all right, summer's over. We're coming back. And I'm just like, we didn't leave. We, dude, didn't, we, leave. we didn't leave. We, we didn't leave, leave our fans hanging and drying to dry. Like our, fan, you know, we guys are just like, yo, like I needed something during the summer. We gave you that three yeah. days a week. Yeah, so hopefully you guys uh, appreciated that and liked listening to us and continue to come and listen to us if it's your first time uh, finding us, uh, whether it's via audio form, wherever you get your podcast, or you're watching us on YouTube. Appreciate it. Hopefully you like today's show and you come back, like I said, um, starting I think next week or maybe the week after. We'll be, we'll be back to five days a week, Monday through Friday, a new show each and every day uh, through till I guess through until the end of free agency. So all the way through till next summer. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a long season and it's basically here, buddy. Um, I don't know, but I know we both tonight though, we're recording this Tuesday night at about uh, 1140 PM. And the reason why we're doing it so late, both of us, uh, I know typically like, this is a hockey podcast, but I'm sure a lot of people who, listen to this show probably also play fantasy football goes hand in hand with hardcore sports lovers we both had drafts tonight we both had two drafts to go tonight how'd you feel about your team before we get into some hockey talk you feel like you drafted all right 
it started off I, i'm i i like i'm so confident when i start drafts i got guys queued up i know exactly what what positions i want to attack well, and let me guess whoever the hell is in front of you takes your person every time what it happened like, in one draft it happened on three straight occasions Reach and like yeah, oh. that's why that's why you have a queue and you rank certain guys in your queue. But it's like when you miss out on your top guy in the queue. And look, this is not this is a lesson not just for fantasy football, but for fantasy hockey as well. Hockey, same thing, yeah, right. You have this. It's almost like you're like within two picks of you picking, and your guy is still there. And you're like, you know what? I think this guy will go this direction, or he needs a defenseman or a goaltender, so he's not going to take this forward. And then. Boom! Takes your yeah. guy pick before or two picks before. Uh, th- that's just like a kick to the gonads every oh, yeah. time. Oh yeah, have a backup plan. Uh, definitely oh. have a backup plan going into your draft. And you know, if you know your two or three picks out, make sure that there's a pool of three or four guys that you're happy with, so that if you know that your first, second, and third option do get taken in those three selections, you still have uh, another guy who you were targeting. And it makes the draft go a lot quicker because we had a couple of people in this draft that I was in today. The one with two minutes, typically I like to do a minute and maybe 90 seconds per pick, but two whole minutes. And we had a few people take the entire two minutes to make their selections. It's like, oh, my God, guys, we have like 14 rounds to go. Can we speed this process along here? It is literally like the ninth round. Why are you still taking so long? Or it's like the second round. It's like just there's really like good players here. Just take one. There's a whole bunch of them. Anyways, is what it is. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. Fancy football. We got training camp starting up next week. We'll have uh, rookie camp starting up as well. Um, they'll be in Traverse City taking on Detroit, St. Louis, and uh, Columbus. So we will definitely dive deeper into that uh, that next week. But today, there's a couple of things that we want to get into. Um, obviously, I wasn't here at all last week, so I know I, I listened to you talk about the prospects. I listened to the the uh, the Fan Friday where a lot of questions were asked and answered. Some great questions from you guys, by the way. We'll definitely be doing a lot more of those uh, in the future and as we get ready to go for the season. But something that I did want to talk about that I didn't get a chance to is it's just the fact that we're still sitting here just about a week or so away from training camp. And Rasmus Sandin, Dave, is still unsigned to this point. Uh, it, it's it's now, I guess, starting to become a little worrisome uh, because we've been here as Maple Leaf fans. Not, you know, Sandin isn't quite the, the cachet that Marner Nylander had. Uh, but still, it's a young prospect and a young player who this team clearly likes and believes can be part of this team. And if for some reason they've yet to be able to come to some sort of agreement, I'm going out like at this point, I, I would be shocked if he reports day one of camp um, if they don't get a contract signed the next week. Yeah, I think even Chris, I, I think I mentioned it last week, but Chris Johnson pretty sure said if. Sandine does not have a contract. He's not showing up. Like yeah. he'll be around in Toronto. He'll be ready to go. I mean, the ultimate move is not even traveling to Toronto, staying and sticking in Sweden. If that's where I'm pretty sure that's probably where he is in the offseason. Like that's the ultimate. Like, no, I want to get this contract dealt with 
before camp. If he's yeah. in Toronto, it makes it gives the Leafs a little incentive to say, you know what, he wants to come to training camp, like he's willing to work a little bit. Um, so I, I, I'm very curious to see, like, w- at what point does Kyle Dubas, you know, it's going to be talked about if he's not at camp. It's going to be like the Nylander situation and the Marner situation, probably not to the same degree, but it's going to be asked almost all the time. It'll be especially day one when they all do their introductory press conferences. But yeah, it's you just don't want to have to deal with that headache again. It's just not it's just not something you want to deal with. But it's not just the Leafs that are dealing with that. And maybe that's maybe some has there's some agents that are holding out for their clients to get better offers. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's getting to that point where it's like, when's the deadline here? When, when does one kind of just say, all right, no deal. We're not showing up to camp or like waiting for that. Yeah. I I don't know if there's necessarily a dead. I mean, the deadline, I guess is what November 30th or December 1st, whatever it is. That's the true (laughs) deadline because then they can't go and play afterwards if he's unsigned, which I don't expect that to happen at all, which is why Toronto has all the leverage and something that I want to point out last week and, and where I think Toronto maybe even gained a little bit more leverage is you look at what Eric Brandstrom signed for just a one year extension with the Ottawa Senators signed for 900,000. And he's somebody who didn't have any arbitration rights and he didn't have a like to stand on really he pretty much got whatever he was going to be offered. And, and it's either sit out, make nothing or take what's being offered to you. So Brancham takes 900,000 in Ottawa. And I mean, I think Rasmus Sandin is a better player than Brandstrom, but like at this point in their careers, they're both first round picks. Brandstrom's played a little bit more, actually. Brandstrom had at least has over 100 games played, 116 games. He's got 31 points in that time. Where Rasmus Sandin, 28 points in 88 games. So he's yet to play uh, 100 games. And last year, coming off of an injury, I don't like, I, I know, I, I see why the Leafs, A, they're They really can't offer him a whole lot more than the 900,000 that Brandstrom got. Um, or sorry, the 1.4 million that Lilligren got, which we all kind of assume is what the Leafs are waiting for him to sign. I think that's why it's gone radio silent. It's like there's a contract waiting for you. It's 1.4 million dollars, and you can either sign it or you could leave it. Like that's that's it. When you're ready to sign, you'll be welcome back to Toronto. But 1.4 million, two years. That's what you're signing. I, I truly believe Kyle Dewis is is playing hardball with Sandine. And uh, if if he wants to play this season to make any amount of money, I think that it's going to be a very similar contract to what Lilligren just got. And if he wants more than that, you say, well, Brandstrom, who's got more experience than you, only got 900000 on a one-year deal. Uh, I think you should be happy with 1.4 for the next couple of seasons there, considering you've only played 88 games in the National Hockey League. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know where Rasmus Sandin... I understand there's probably frustration, and that's probably playing a big factor in it all, but it it doesn't get any better, in my opinion, the longer you wait, just because the Leafs aren't exactly like, oh, we need to get Rasmus Sandin signed because we need to get him 
we need, like we're he doesn't have a spot. He has a p- critical spot in the lineup. It's not like that. There's he's no. behind three other defensemen. So like so that's where Caldus is just like, all right, you want to sit, sit. We we would not want to waste a year of your development. We don't. We want to do want to see you on the ice, but at the same time, we're not like going to be missing out on Rasmus Sandin in the lineup because we have guys that can that can play right it's not like I, I look at like the jason robertson situation in dallas like dallas is in a tougher spot because he plays a critical part of their team they have to get that done the Leafs are in no rush to get it done because Raz, i mean and you brought it up eric branch a guy who has been underwhelming considering he was a top top rated prospect when he was in that trade he's played a lot more than Sandine and hasn't really lived up to the potential. So that deal reflected it. And I, and, and actually this, that hurt. That's why waiting so long for Sandine kind of hurts because he might've gotten a better deal than that. But now that that deals there, the Leafs are just like, you think that's you're going right. That's kind of the going right. We're willing yeah. to give you a little bit more and we're willing to bring you up to Lilligren money. You just got to take it. That's an extra, that's an extra half a million dollars that they're offering him. That's, that's, a decent chunk of change for a guy who has significantly less NHL experience than Brandstrom. Exactly. That that's where, that's where I think some players kind of get themselves caught a little bit there. They're like, Oh, we can hold out for better, better deals, squeeze them out a little bit more. It doesn't work for a player that's been on the bubble to play. It works for a player who has the leverage like a William Nylander, like a Mitch Marner. That works when you hold out. It doesn't work for the lower tier guys. And I think this has this is maybe a perception of reality for Sandine right now that he that he needed he needs a little bit of a maybe a reality check in a way. Yeah, I, I completely agree there. Uh, but he's not the only RFA that's still yet to sign. I mean, you've got Jason Robertson, you've got Alex Formanton, Sean Dursey, Kirby Doc, Ryan McLeod, Nick Hag. Like, there's a bunch of guys, and there's one other one that I have not mentioned yet, which I think potentially maybe a one-for-one change of scenery type of trade could be in the works with Toronto and this mystery team and this mystery player that I will tell you about on the other side. But before we do, Dave, why don't you tell the good folks about Built Bar? If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, folks. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your, their new flavor, cookie dough chunk puffs that have a light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% Real chocolate, as I said. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's actually healthy for you. That's right. Cookie dough chunk puffs have only 160 calories and 15 grams of protein to go along with it. So make sure you run to built.com to snag a box for you. And if you would like to be a little bit nice, you can grab some for the family as well. That's all dependent on you, though. What's great about built, built Bars is that all their bars are made with collagen proteins, which your body absorbs more efficiently, and it provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes for, good tastes good, and is also good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. 
Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. And if you need a little more incentive, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. So that is promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're hosts here at Locked On Leafs, uh, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. So if you are a diehard Leafs fan, if you're part of Leafs Nation and you have not subscribed on YouTube or on audio platforms to this podcast, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because we are the only show that brings you daily YouTube and audio um, podcasts for you. So make sure that you are subscribed for that daily Leafs content. Uh, before we took a break, Dave, I was kind of teasing a potential change of scenery trade that I had. It's been kind of percolating in my mind. Like if Rasmus Sandin really doesn't want to come here because he feels like he you know, doesn't feel appreciated, feels like he's been sent down the depth chart too much, and he wants a change of scenery, which maybe behind the scenes, we don't know because the Leafs keep things pretty tight-lipped. Maybe he has asked you know, for a trade. I don't know. Pure speculation, obviously. But maybe there's another player out there who also uh, could like a change of scenery. And maybe it's just like a swap of prospects. Good, young, former first-round prospects. And the player that I'm thinking potentially is a former uh, – well, I'm sure you could guess what team it is, actually – uh, what he used to play, what his junior club was based on this trade. Which junior club do you think this player played on, David? Gee, is it uh, the Kyle Dubas factory of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds? Oh, it certainly is, my friend. It certainly is. It's Barrett Hayton from the Arizona Coyotes. Oh. First round pick, you know, former fifth overall pick back in, was he 2017, I want to say it was? I believe, yeah, 2017 draft, 2018, sorry, 2018 I was going to say it was the year after Lilligren. Yeah, so it was the Sandine draft, actually. This was the, the year that Sandine, they, they played with each other, um, if I'm not mistaken, in Peterborough. Uh, but Barrett Hayton, look, I know that he's kind of fallen out of favor in, in, uh, in Arizona, but that organization is just a tire fire. But this is a guy who was a fifth overall pick not too long ago and was the captain of, of Team Canada at the World Junior Championships. Um, you know, he's a player who I think potentially with a, a new a change of scenery, maybe he can finally, you know, realize that potential and become a top six player, top six centerman in the National Hockey League. And we've kind of talked a little bit about the possibility of moving Tavares to the wing maybe at some point. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but if you bring in a Barrett Hayton to kind of come in behind him and eventually when he is ready, like when Tavares has gotten to a point where maybe Hayton's ready to take that next step, maybe that's when you could potentially move over John Tavares because, again, Hayton had top six aspirations. Is he going to realize those? Doesn't look like he's going to do that in Arizona, but maybe a change of scenery could potentially allow him to flourish. And the other, like a big reason why I think this is possible again is because he comes from uh, the Cubus factory in the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. And, you know, back in, back in the day, you know, he was a big time player for, for the Sioux Greyhounds. Uh, he was their captain in, in 2018, 2019. So, 
he probably knows his player extremely well and potentially would be interested in bringing him uh, on board. And we all know how bleak their center depth is. So you can get a 22-year-old center, former fifth overall pick, who potentially just needs a change of scenery to, uh, to, to flourish. Maybe that's something that the Leafs could take a look at. Not that they have enough blue liners for Sandy to be expendable, but potentially that's something that, you know, you, you see it all the time. Two players who have kind of run its course in that organization. They mm-hmm. make a swap, and sometimes it works out for, for both parties. Maybe that's a scenario that could work out for Toronto. It, it just seems like anytime you get uh, a forward with any scoring potential and they go to Arizona, it's like, it die. it's like where goals go to die. Yeah. Like, so... I mean, they, they've made a lot of weird, crazy trades lately that it wouldn't strike me as, like, odd for them to do. And this is also a team that's under new management. And, you know, they're like, oh, why would you take a fit, trade a fifth overall pick? Look at what Chicago did with Kirby Doc. Yeah. Like, sometimes when you are when you just feel like it's not the right fit for the organization or if the player just isn't what you're looking to do long term, Cut bait, try to get what you can for them. Yeah. Um, and, and Hayden, too, he can play the left side as well, right? So even he doesn't have to play down the middle uh, if he really if they don't have a spot for him. They could play him on the left wing. They could play him in the top six. We've talked about how there is an opening in the top six on the left wing spot. So Baird Hayden could be a guy, too, if given that opportunity to play with uh, a William Nylander and a John Tavares, you know, you give him those types of players, potentially he could tap that potential too, just by being on a line with a couple of studs. And and that's it too, right? The Leafs don't have a plethora of left shot players. This is also why some people have suggested, well, if they make any moves or if William Nylander is going to play, you can try him on the left side. The, the Leafs definitely need, more left shot ability up front, especially in the top, in the middle six. That's why Alexander Kerfoot at times is the guy to play on the second line because unless you got like a Nick Robertson, and this is also why Ilya McKay was on that second line, the Leafs just don't have a lot of high-profile, skilled left shot forwards, right? Especially on the wing. So, yeah, if, if you can get somebody that's versatile, can play – center and wing. I always like the versatility there. Um, and we know where Arizona is. They'll probably look for assets for Barrett Hayden and salary, right? They're, they could still take on... I don't know what exactly their salary situation is, if they've reached their goal of maintaining the salary cap floor, which I guess they probably have done. Well, I can let you know in about two seconds they got, if they are at the floor or not. Uh, they are technically just at the floor i think they also have 20 million dollars in cap space yeah so um, i'm mean, kerfoot maybe a kerfoot like kerfoot could go the other way they're gonna need some nhl bodies like have some you know, a prospect but also so that toronto can get rid of some salary themselves and try and at least do need to get rid of salary they're over the cap well i'm i also uh See, it's it's only because I kind of like I liked Barrett Hayden in the draft process. Like I I didn't like him as a 
fifth overall pick. I thought that he was a little high, like one ahead of Phillips Adina, one ahead of, of Quinn Hughes. He was one of those late risers in the draft. Um, but I liked him as, you know, like a 10 to 15 type of player, like a top 15, I guess, top half of the first round guy who had, you know, second line center. That's where I kind of pegged him as in the future. Um, if he could, I guess, potentially play on the wing as well. But at six foot one, 210 pounds, he offers more to me maybe than than Kerfoot. Now, Kerfoot's been a really good Swiss Army knife for Sheldon Keefe because he can play down the middle. He can play on the wing. He can play um, on your second unit power play. He's been able to kill penalties. So he has been a good player. So I don't necessarily like saying the phrase, I'd rather Barrett Hayden than Alex Kerfoot because maybe I wouldn't. But I would rather Barrett Hayden at a cheap contract than Alex Kerfoot at three and a half million. And then, you know, have a little bit more flexibility with your, with your cap space that I feel more comfortable saying. Yeah. that That's, I think the important part there is that people are, we're, we're constantly putting Alex Kerfoot in a lot of these trades, but it's, he's not a guy that you're trying to just get rid of. He's, he always had the tough shoes to fill with the Kaji trade and he was never going to fill those shoes, but he has been a useful player for the Leafs. And I think that Gary, guy had 50 points last year, quiet 50 points. He is also the dream player for the Arizona Coyotes because he's not actually making three and a half million this season. $750,000. Yeah, exactly. That's, that is the Italian bargain of a century. <laughs> Exactly. So they definitely, you know, that contract would be much more attractive to a team like Arizona than it would be to a team like Toronto. And I'm not saying a one for one. I know we're going to get in the comments. Oh, you think that they're going to give a first round pick for, you know, a guy who's going to be out of there, you know, in, in, in a couple of months. No, I don't. I don't think that would be a one for one trade. I'm just saying Kerfoot could be attached in any other possible deal. If there's another prospect, Sandine makes some sort of package that makes it fit. Um, I'm just saying that if Toronto wanted to also try and move out salary in a deal for a Barrett Hayden, um, potentially Kerfoot could be included in, in those, uh, in those contract negotiations. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of was, was a player who I looked at and I'm like, Hmm, still hasn't signed, still an RFA. So they, they, they are going to have to sign him, but I wouldn't imagine it's going to cost them a whole lot to, to come back. Like he sounds, uh, I mean, similar probably to Brandstrom. You know, like a, he hasn't really established himself as an NHLer quite yet. Like he's split time in the AHL and NHL last season. He did play 60 games, which is a career high last year with Arizona, um, but just 24 points, 10 goals on the year. So, um, you know, he still hasn't established himself as a full time NHLer to get a whole, like a big deal. So I would imagine he would come in similar to you know, the Brandstrom-ish type level contract, like a million-dollar deal. Let's see what you got. And then maybe you can cash in on a more multi-year deal um, down the road if if you end up playing well this season. Go prove it, right? So uh, that was just a name that I thought would be really – would be interesting uh, if Toronto wanted to try and make a move here at some point. And uh, if – you know, they decide Sandine is he wants too much money. He's digging his heels in. Okay, maybe we move on. Maybe we try and go get another guy who wants, uh, you know, maybe a change of scenery would help him flourish. And Barrett Hayden was kind of those one of those guys who I saw still unsigned. Maybe just a 
little swap of unsigned RFAs potentially could uh, could benefit both squads. Um, all right, Dave. Uh, I think we'll probably end it there. Actually, there was one, there was one quick report, um, a quick report that you heard in uh, or read in 32 Thoughts. Why don't we take a break? When we come back, we'll quickly – uh, touch on that report about Toronto potentially being interested in uh, in a UFA, and uh, so we'll 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 be right back. We'll t- we'll tell you who that is next on the Locked On Lease podcast. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're hosts here on the show. Uh, Dave, you were telling me earlier today that you read a little snippet that sounded like the Leafs. Uh, could be interested in potentially bringing in a current uh, UFA still out there on the market. Would you like to explain uh, what you read today? Yeah, I mean, first I saw it on Twitter, and then I have, you know, I don't just believe things I see on Twitter. I do a little, little research. So Elliot Friedman uh, said that there's actually quite a bit of interest in Evan Rodriguez, who obviously he had a pretty decent season with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He had 19 goals, 43 points in 82 games, and he just came off a million bucks. Pretty decent uh, contract there for Pittsburgh. And so he's still a free agent. There are teams that are, have looked at him. Uh, the Calgary Flames were pre, were one of those teams. They just signed Nazem Kadri. I don't know how much cap space they could have at this point concerning all the deals that they have made. Uh, the Vancouver's were believed to be one of those other Canadian teams. I think there were three Canadian teams involved. Vancouver was one, but Friedman says that might not be the case, especially after they've they're they're a little tight with the cap. The Anaheim Ducks were another one, just because they have all the cap space that you could ask for. But then uh, the Leafs, we know that Evan Rodriguez was with the Leafs before. He had a cup of coffee with the team when. The wow. um, for like a, like a couple of days, it was yeah. part of the captain trade, right? I believe it was the yeah, the captain trade. It was just yeah. for, to make the salary work. Then the least decided they were, well, it was a pending RFA. I don't even know actually why they put him in the deal, to be honest. It was a pending RFA, and they decided not to. I actually think the least the did, did want him, yeah. I think they it was. Want- they were trying to get him signed for below the qualifying offer because if Rodriguez decided to take the qualifying offer uh, or if the Leafs tendered the qualifying offer, it It was 2 million at the time. Yeah. And the Leafs didn't want to pay that much. So they basically said, we're not going to qualify you. And then that led to him going to free agency and then ending up back in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And yeah. And he was, uh, he had, I think he was looking for a bounce back year after playing in Buffalo, which, Another market where you know dreams go to die, in a lot of ways. Well, that um, year he, he didn't. He wasn't actually that great that year because yeah. thirty-five games. This is in the fifty-six game COVID-shortened season. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up with fourteen points uh, in thirty-five games, and then this past season is where he erupted as a player. Um, Nineteen goals, forty-three points in eighty-two games. So. Uh, some pretty decent numbers for uh, for Evan Rodriguez. Ended up with three goals, five points, and seven playoff games as well. So was able to factor in um, in the playoffs. And and so I, I Rodriguez is an in- interesting player. Um, somebody who, again, you mentioned the Leafs 
have had interest in in the past. And if I recall when he did get traded, Dubas mentioned before that they had talked to him. They tried to trade for him when he was with Buffalo. They had talked to him before. Maybe they were looking to draft him a while back. Like there's a couple of opportunities where they tried to acquire Evan Rodriguez. I think actually he came, was he a, a undrafted? He may have been. Um, an undrafted free agent and then signed with Buffalo at a college, I think. Uh, I'm just looking this up right now. Yeah, he played four years at Boston University and then his last year tore it up uh, 61 points in 41 games. Wow. Um, so after those four years, he came out of college and he ended up signing with Buffalo. Um, so I think that he was, he, yeah, he came out of college and signed with Buffalo back in 2015. So I think they wanted him back then. And then really liked him when he played for Rochester and, and Buffalo, tried to acquire him, and obviously got him in the Pittsburgh deal, and he just decided not to stay and go back to Pittsburgh for whatever reason. So it, Toronto's always had interest in Evan Rodriguez. So it, it wouldn't shock me if, uh, if, if the price is right. And that's the one thing where I'm kind of curious on. Earlier in the offseason, I would have said Rodriguez probably going in the range of $3 million based on the breakout season that he had. I'm not certain that he can garner that type of contract anymore, um, which means it becomes a little more interesting if you're the Maple Leafs, if you want to try and bring in a Rodriguez. Maybe you could get him at a much cheaper rate than you previously thought you could have. Maybe it's a, a, a tryout basis, potentially, like a PTO type of situation, but it wouldn't be the first time that Kyle Dubas wouldn't be the second time. I don't even think this would be the third time that he's tried to acquire Evan Rodriguez's services for the Maple Leafs organization. Yeah. And to be, and there's a, there's quite a few players. If you look at kind of like the bargain market, that's what I'm calling it now. Like guys who are looking just to latch onto a team. There are quite a few players. You know, who's at the top of my list on this market. I think I have an idea. Sonny Milano. Yep. That was I was gonna say he's probably there. Zach Aston Reese, good defensive player. If you go looking to beef up your bottom your your bottom six, especially on the defensive yeah. side, penalty kill, he's another decent option there. Um, Tyler Mott as well, another gritty bottom Love six. Tyler Mott. Oh, what I ever loved the Leafs to get them at Tyler Mott. I forgot he was still out there. There's some good free agents that are still available. And we're a week away. How is Tyler Mott not gobbled up yet by a team? That is insane to me. Insane to me. He's such a good, like he's a perfect fourth liner. Perfect fourth liner. Speed, energy, can score a little bit, like can add that that little bit of tertiary scoring from your bottom six. Can Great penalty killer, block shots. I can't believe that guy still out on the market. Sorry, I have a little crush on Tyler Mott. You can't <laughs> I, I think I think you're gonna see, yeah, one of these guys. If I'm and look, Tyler Mott's only 27. Some of these guys aren't at the end of their career. So take the one year, reload your value. Especially, hey, look, if you if you play with the Leafs, you're at least guaranteed to go at triple the value to the Edmonton Oilers after that. So <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying, you know, there's no better way to inflate your value, even if you have a subpar season, than to play for the Leafs. Yeah, yeah. Potentially. Calvin Dahan still out there and available potentially. I know that he's been linked to Toronto in the past. I don't know if they'd still be interested at him at 31 years old, but 
at one point, DeHaan was definitely uh, a target of the Maple Leafs. Um, Cody Eakin, another guy who's like a, a fourth-line center who can kill penalties type of player. Zach Aston reese already mentioned. You know, there's some good players. Derek Broussard always still kicking around uh, as, as some depth for an organization. Daniel Sprong, who had 14 goals last year, he's out there, uh, who, you know, for the picking if someone wants to bring him on board. Alex Galchenyuk, again, out there looking for a new team. P.K. Subban. I'm curious if P.K. Subban where he ends up. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get an opportunity somewhere. I mean, I don't think it's going to cost a whole lot to bring in a P.K. Subban. You bring him in one season, he can play on your third pair, play, you know, a little bit of power play minutes. I think that, you know, for a, a organization that probably would like to sell some jerseys, uh, maybe that would be a, a spot. Like Arizona would make a lot of sense. Seattle would make a lot of sense. There's a few teams out there that I think would make some sense for uh, for PK Subban, I'm surprised that he's uh, not snatched up yet, just sheerly based on the 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 name. ticket sales, the name. Like it's again, he's a player who probably will only get like one to two million dollars. He's not going to command a whole lot of money. I'm surprised no one's uh, no one's taking a shot at him yet. It, it it just feels like we're in a holding pattern for like for some strange reason. I think some teams just are maybe they're trying to sort out the RFA stuff. It feels like we're waiting for something to happen and it's just going to come out of nowhere. It's going to come out of left field and it's going to, and there's going to be a flurry. There's going to be a flurry of, I am expecting it's always how it goes. You're going to expect a flurry of moves to happen. And yeah, it's going to prove that we're back into full. uh, We're back into the uh, NHL season mode. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Dave, we'll leave it there. Good chat. Good stuff. A uh, lot of fun as always. Good to get back at it, man. Good to get back at it. Uh, I think that's the first like week off that I've had. Well, what away in what, March, I guess? Yeah, this is the second time you've abandoned me. Okay, so second time that I've abandoned you. I'm, I apologize. At some point, you got to take a vacation, guy. You workaholic over here. But I uh, appreciate it. But we're back. We're back, the duo, the dynamic duo. And uh, should we announce our, our our guest for Friday? Probably should have done that earlier in the show, but I suppose no, we can now. guessing. You want to keep, keep people guessing? Yeah. Okay, right down in the comments down below, all right? Right down in the comments. If you can guess, see who can guess who our guest is going to be for, uh, for Friday's show. He is a former Toronto Maple Leaf. That's the only... Uh, clue that you're going to get. And if you know me, you probably should be able to guess that one. And you know what I'm all about. You should be able to guess who the player is. But that's the only clue that I'm going to give. And it's a very easy clue if, uh, if 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 you know anything about my life. All right. That's going to do it for us here today. Dave, appreciate it, pal. Uh, we'll get back at it again tomorrow. We will. Uh, but I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. You receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morisuti. Um, go ahead, leave a, a, a like, comment on the video down below, anything. Let us know. How do you feel about potentially bringing in a Barrett Hayden or bringing in an Evan Rodriguez, a Sonny Milano? Uh, who out there in the free agent market do you think would suit the Maple Leafs as a potential PTO 
offer or PTO candidate maybe uh, for Toronto? Let us know in the comments section down below or reach out to us on Twitter. All right, uh, that'll do it for us here today. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. And, but until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs. Thank mm-hmm. you.